if you don't understand what you're signing, you know, even if you do, or you think you do, like it never hurts to have a lawyer, you know, go over that stuff so that, you know, you know, you know what you're getting into. Because at the end of the day, they're gonna be like, yo, if it's on paper, it's in writing, like you signed it, you know, you agreed to it. So that's, that's what it is. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, people? Welcome to the Music Is My Business podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Clint Jr. Now, what's up, man? How y'all been? It's another week. It's another Wednesday. Excited to be back. Excited to chop it up and hang out with y'all. Let me see what we got in the chat. Let me know where you guys are from. Let me know what you do. And if you don't know who I am, my name is Clint. Most people know me as Clint, Clint Music um, on IG and YouTube. I specialize in producing music for TV and film, and I also teach producers how they can monetize their music by teaching them how to produce prepare and pitch placement ready music for tv that's what i do so if that interests you make sure you stick around because we're gonna dig into some dope information today um michael smith just became a channel member shout out to michael smith shout out to team dope in the building rob hamlet i see you what's good everyday runway what's up everyday runway good to see you good evening clinton chat what oh that's Rob again. What's up, Rob? Zim Zada's back in the building. Yo, yo, what's good? Team Dope in the building. I see you. Out Audi Cast, what's good? Good to see you in the chat. Um, let me see. We got Tent Tent Peg Productions. Brandon here from Kentucky. It's my first time. Well, welcome. Shout out to the first timers. Listen, you come the first time, and then most people end up coming back. So I'm just letting you know. You might be in here more than once. So if this was just kind of like a, a kind of one-off situation, you got something else coming because we kick it hard over here. Will the World TV, what's good? Jazz Will, good to see you in the building. Um, man, so today, 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 shout out to Zimzada. Um, she actually brought this topic up. Uh, we are going to talk about perpetual rights in the realm of sync licensing. Is it good? Is it bad? We're going to talk about the good, the bad. Um, so, yes, in perpetuity, the scary term that you will see if you work in sync licensing and you work in getting your music placed in TV and film, you will come across this term in some of your sync deals and licensing agreements and things like that. So we're going to talk about it. Um, let me see. We got See the Producer Beats. Um, looking forward to this live and beat review. Oh, you already know at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, we reviewing music, seeing if it's ready for TV and film. Um, that's always a dope vibe. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, I was definitely like a couple minutes late to this joint because I was trying to get this water real quick. Because your boy was mad thirsty. Um, <clears throat> and I did not drink enough water today. I've been like, it's been crazy. Um, but... I got a refill, so we're good. Kenneth Johnson, Team Dope, what's good? Can I still send the track? Yes, in the um, on the live stream, um, I think it's, it should be already already be scheduled on my YouTube channel. Um, so submission details is in the description of that um, of that that stream scheduled stream, um, or if you just want to come on at nine thirty 
instructions will still be in the description and then you can submit that way um water is absolutely life i i agree 100 percent. gotta have that water man gotta have that water gotta stay hydrated out here <clears throat> um so <laughs> first off hold on let me get i gotta get my kids on monitor because my wife went to the she went to the gym so let me make sure i'm being a responsible parent in case one of these one of these knuckleheads wake up they're asleep but you know you know how kids are man they'll be asleep one minute next minute they running down the stairs asking for a snack this four-year-old will not stop eating he's been eating he's been hungry while eating for the, like the last three months it's insane like it's just non-stop he just eats that's what he that's his thing eating non-stop uh he he finishes dinner he finishes snack he finishes breakfast he finishes lunch every time afterwards he's just like i'm hungry daddy so that's where we at um shout out to the grocery bill that'll probably be growing exponentially as these boys grow um so crazy so all right <laughs> let's dig into um perpetual licensing agreements is it good is it bad um <clears throat> in fact this is what this is what i'm gonna do you know what i'm gonna do we're gonna ask my virtual ai um assistant that's what we're gonna do so for those who don't know i've been like geeking out on ai like real heavy uh for the past past few months um so <laughs> i've been i've been training specialists <clears throat> ai specialists in my business um and it's this is this this goes deeper than chat gpt i know a lot of people think you know you hear a prompt and everybody just goes everybody knows chat gpt and google uh what is it bard or something like that it goes a lot deeper than that um you know because if you don't know chat gpt 3.5 i think it goes up to like 2021 the way i'm using and training these specialists it doesn't matter it, it can be 2021 or you can pay, you can use the pay version i think it's like four chat gpt4 pay version uh, is is more updated in 2021 but the way i'm doing this is next level so i'm i'm gonna show y'all we're gonna put her to the test because i've been um pretty much i've been training her on a lot of different information she's a specialist in sync licensing um and being able to help um with questions and stuff that you know that people have um you know if, if they're they're on the site or they have questions about sync um and music business um specifically for producers as well so we're about to put her to the test and i know the answer to this question i've trained her to know the answer to this question but i've never asked her this question so we are going to pull up asia real quick and we're gonna see if Asia Asia been studying her stuff. And I've been trying to train Asia. Asia Asia better know know what's going on. So, all right. So we're gonna go. I have her on the website as a as an AI chatbot, right? So AIforproducers.com. So if you click this thing, this is gonna pull up Asia. And, I said, and yes, I spelled Asia with an AI because I, I just thought it was the most clever thing. Do not judge me. I told you I've been geeking out. All right, so we're gonna ask, we're gonna ask Asia, and then, um, 
and then we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna first we gotta make sure she gonna she gonna give us the right answer. All right, so <laughs> all right, how should we how should we phrase this? Um what are the pros and cons of perpetual sync licensing agreements? All right, Asia. Oh shoot, here here she goes. She's giving us the breakdown. She has she has a lot to say. Hold on. All right, Asia. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> Perpetual sync license agreements have both pros and cons. Let's break it down. Pros. So number one, long-term income. With a perpetual agreement, your music can continue to generate royalties for an indefinite period of time. This means you have the potential to earn passive income from your music for years to come. Asia, done got, she done got it right. That is correct. I would hope it's correct. Um, so when I think of perpetual agreements, I don't necessarily think they're a bad thing. It could be a bad thing depending on the situation. But in most cases, at least like the, the perpetual deals that I have, I haven't viewed them as negative because the way I see it is if it's a reputable company, reputable publisher, they're getting placements. All that does is increases the chances of me making money with my music forever because in perpetuity is usually how it's phrased in an agreement that means forever like they have the right to be able to uh to license your music and enter into deals with other companies um concerning your music forever like it just doesn't end and what that does is ultimately it gives them the freedom and flexibility um to be able to do a bunch of different deals which increases the exposure of your music in different situations whereas if it's kind of like it's not perpetual um but say it's like a three five year deal right and then rights revert back to you you know yeah that, like that's good too in in certain instances but um that also limits them because they may not be able to do certain deals uh, with you know maybe streaming services or you know different types of uh, you know film production companies um, because um, if that ends and you decide you want to pour your music out now they have to go back to this company and say oh by the way like we don't represent this music anymore you can't use it or you know you got to talk it, it just it could create a mess um, so now they're able to do a little bit more than they would knowing that okay we have the rights to be able to publish and, and represent this music um forever we don't have to worry about somebody coming back pulling it out of our catalog and making our clients upset so from that perspective that's a huge win um when it comes to um you know perpetual licenses or, or perpetual uh public sync licensing deals um in perpetuity um track tracks b says do you prefer contacting music soups or going through a sync um library i've i've done both most of my work comes from publishers sync agents 
sync like sync libraries um and things like that i think it's easier to get in with sync libraries um honestly so all right so asia asia got that right she nailed that um and i would hope so because what i trained her so i'm not just like she's not just chat gpt connected to chat gpt she can be um but the software that i use to be able to um build asia this this ai assistant um chatbot whatever you want to call her um i have the ability to literally take i can like take every podcast episode and like trainer on that i can take all of my courses and trainer on that i can take all of my websites and trainer on that um, i can take uh books like i have i have other ai chat bots that specialize in other stuff like marketing um social media content stuff um and literally i'll take an entire book and like throw it at them and train it now they're an expert and they know everything in this book um so like if if there's something like if i went through a book and i know oh this book had like it has some really good uh strategies on you know i don't know pitching to a library or something like that or pitching to a sync agent i can just ask the ai chatbot blah 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 and then she will literally like pull the information straight from a book it's insane um so all right number two stability and security once your music is signed to a perpetual agreement, it is locked in with the publisher or library. This can provide a sense of stability and security, knowing that your music is being actively pitched and potentially placed in TV shows and films. Um, so I'm not mad at that. You know, I, I mean, I think it does. Um, again, if the company is reputable and they're placing music, like if it's like a new company and, you know, they don't have any track record you can't see any work any clients you don't know when the last time they play something then that's not necessarily security like you don't know you know what i mean but you know a company like the bmg production music like it's bmg like we know bmg is getting work um they're constantly getting placements they probably can't even keep up with all the placements they get um so i don't mind that with with certain companies um, because I know it's going to give them more flexibility, which is going to give me more opportunities. And then I'm going to give royalty income forever, um, because they're going to keep pushing that music. Um, so stability and security. So let's dig into the cons. She got a couple cons. It ain't all positive, right? Um, so if you guys have any questions about this too, just drop, drop, drop it in the chat. You've tried getting TV placements on your own. You've taken the courses. You've done the pitching. You've done the research and the studying. But for some reason, you keep hitting a brick wall and hearing no, and you don't know why. Well, one thing you need to know is that there's always a reason why. And it may be time for you to seek mentorship so you can find out exactly what's going wrong in your process. So I want to invite you to apply for my three-month producer mentorship program where you're going to learn how to implement my 60-day music licensing plan. You're going to learn how to increase the chances of of your music getting placed and you're going to receive detailed music reviews prior to submissions to minimize publisher rejection i'm going to walk through the entire process with you to get you to your first music licensing deal within 90 days if you want to get one of those slots make sure you go to producermentorship.com to apply and if you're a good fit i'll be sure to reach out to you when another slot opens up to apply go to producermentorship.com that's producermentorship.com last time producermentorship.com now let's get back to the 
show. Ice cold water, um, which probably isn't the best thing to drink when I'm talking. But cons, limited flexibility. With a perpetual agreement, you are essentially granting the publisher or library the rights to your music indefinitely. This means you may have limited control over how your music is used or where it is placed. That's a fact. Asia stated another fact. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you have limited flexibility. So when that could be an issue is, you know, say you have a song, you're an artist um, and you have a single that you also want to get placed in TV and film. If you get into a deal and the rights are in perpetuity, um, that song is going to be tied up with that publisher forever. Um, so, you know, you, that's it. <laughs> There's only one company versus, you know, some libraries will, especially if you're an artist, they'll allow you to do like some, some sort of like non-exclusive agreement with them to where, you know, or, or if you're working with like a sync agent, right? You could work with multiple sync agents um, to pitch, you know, your single or whatever and kind of give yourself more opportunities that way. Um, so, you know, if you're tied down to publishing deal and it's in perpetuity and exclusive, then you can't can't do that. Right. You, you just have to rely on that one company to be able to come through for you um, and get those those sync placements for you. So that is one negative shout out to nathaniel jacobs what's good man <clears throat> um so um all right so let's see she has another con here let's see what the other con is um potential missed opportunities by signing a perpetual agreement you may be limiting your ability to explore other licensing opportunities with different publishers or libraries which is true, which we kind of just talked about this. This could potentially result in missed opportunities for your music to be placed in different projects. Um, so another great point, and I've lived this personally. I was in a publishing deal where it was exclusive. It wasn't in perpetuity, thank God, but it was exclusive, meaning um, I couldn't I couldn't pitch my music to anybody else. It, no, um, uh, well, if, if I was in a situation um, where it was like direct, say it was a music supervisor, then technically, yes, I could send it to the music supervisor, but it's still going to have to go through that particular publisher and they got to do whatever they got to do and they're going to want to collect, um, you know, their respective percentage of the sync fee. However, when I was in that deal, I wasn't getting a lot of placements. In fact, I got like two placements and those were like my first TV placements, NFL network, Thursday night football and Fox sports. Um, those were the, and that was one, one track, right? So, um, I ended up making some money like hundreds of dollars off of that, but that was the only placement I got. And that was like a three year deal or something like that. Um, while I was in that deal, I was seeing a lot of other sync opportunities that I could not take advantage of. Um, a lot of companies that seemed real cool to work with and they were ready to work with me, um, without paying any, you know, uh, you know, submission fees and monthly, like, you know, none of that. It was just, if you have good music, send it to us, 
we'll sign it you know we play stuff on this 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 and that um it was a lot of opportunities and i was just like yo like i'm literally stuck right now and that's probably like the worst place to be especially when you know there are so many tv film opportunities out there for you to get your music placed in um, being tied up in a deal to where you can't even you can't even maximize it uh was kind of you know that was that was a little bit frustrating um so that's why i went so hard when that deal was over and i was just like yo as soon as i get out of this joint i'm literally reaching out to three to five companies every single day and i'm about to run these placements up and then i ended up getting um 10 plus placements in a year so <clears throat> that's that's you know those are some of the cons of some of the pros um shout, shout out to asia for uh for helping us for helping us answer that question um shout out to zimzada for asking the question um hopefully hopefully that was that was clear um but yeah so what's a good company in your opinion there's there's a lot of companies out there man um a lot of companies in fact speaking of ai for producers i just updated it with uh <laughs> with a prompt it's a prompt you can use on chat gpt like you don't have to have a, a custom uh you know chat bot like i built um here yeah i'll show you how to build them too but you can use just chat gpt 3.5 and it will literally you copy and paste the prompt that i give you in ai for producers and it will literally create you a music licensing directory of however many companies you tell it i think i started at like 50 on the prompt but literally you can change it to to whatever you know i mean be reasonable because you got to copy and paste that stuff but it'll tell you all the companies the genres that they specialize in and the websites you can go to the website and research it it's insane um so mixing question is it better to bounce stems out before mixing and mastering trying to simplify the process and steps um yeah i mean it depends yeah if you're if you're outsourcing your mixing and mastering usually they they want stems some people will just say hey shoot me the session and then they'll do their thing with the session um but yeah usually stems is probably um is probably best that way they can kind of pull it into their session how they like it set up and makes things a little bit easier but i would ask whoever's doing your mixing and mastering if you are mixing and mastering i don't bounce my stems out before mixing and mastering now i used to um then i stopped because i was trying to simplify my process too so uh so now what i do is i have like all my i mix i mix the sessions like you know kind of as i go because I, I work off templates um and then i'll you know once i finish the track i'll put that final mix on there and then i have my mastering plugins already on my uh, my master track and then all i have to do is just kind of enable them make some tweaks um and then um yeah and then go from there and then i'll bounce out you know all the stems and different versions and, and things like that um so that has been super game changer for me it saves a lot of time um zimzada says meaning that one song that you pitched and it was exclusive does that mean you just can't pitch that song to anyone else or any music at all great question 
so let's let me clarify that so personally the the first publishing deal that i was in um it was exclusive meaning i couldn't pitch any other music to any other company at all um so everything i produced had to go through this one publisher so if i wanted to get music to an artist technically they wanted to go through them or i would have to reach out to them hey can you send this blah 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 if i got a placement um you know everything just everything however you know once i learned that lesson now i look for sync licensing companies who you know a lot of them a lot of the ones that i work with they're exclusive but it's only exclusive to the master to you know the work um so you know you can create song a sign song a to exclusive company a but then you can go and create song b and then sign that song to another exclusive company b or non-exclusive company b so look for the deals that still allow you to create new music and you can do whatever you want to do with that new music and sign it wherever you want to sign it but it should only be specific to whatever's on, you know, the schedule that they um, that, you know, whatever music you you assign to them. Um, is there any way out of a perpetual sing license agreement? No, nah, I, mean, I mean, like, re don't sign it. That's the, <laughs> I mean, that's I, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not the type to like find loopholes and agreements and whatnot a lawyer may be able to but that's why it's so important and honestly you look asia asia was on it look at the end she says it's important to carefully consider the terms and conditions of any sync licensing agreement including perpetual agreements if you have any concerns or questions it's always a good idea to consult with a music lawyer who can provide guidance and ensure that you fully understand the implications of the agreement before signing she own it i'm just saying um and that's a fact like you know if you don't understand what you're signing you know even if you do or you think you do like it never hurts to have a lawyer um you know go over that stuff so that you know you know you know what you're getting into um because at the end of the day they're gonna be like yo if it's on paper it's in writing like you signed it you know you agree to it so that's that's what it is um so you know <clears throat> that's what i i say about that just be real careful before signing um and then you, you should be good what's up uplifted productions um uh, my master bus has every single plugin <laughs> yeah i think i i have like yeah i probably have about four or five some of them is just metering like it's not even like you know what i'm saying anything that's doing anything the sound is literally just like a metering um plug-in so um yeah everyday runway says how do you store back up your music files if you use a ssd do you mind sharing the brand yes so i use um samsung ssds um uh they've been they've been pretty um pretty stable and consistent i also have a um what's that uh i think it's in my backpack i can't remember 
I think it is that a Samsung too? I can't remember. No, SanDisk. I have like a SanDisk uh little thing. I might have it in my bag. Let me see if I have it. Hold on. I do. I usually keep it in here. So I got this little thing. It's super portable, but I put like mostly content. So this is like a terabyte um, sand disc. Uh, I think I have it on my my Amazon store. If I don't, I'll add it. Um, but just go to clintproductions.com slash link in bio. Scroll all the way down to the Amazon and you'll see like a full list of like all the stuff I have. Um, but I use this. I always have this on me on the go. Um, or if I'm like, I need to transfer something, you know, from computer to computer, I'll have that. Um, and then as far as backup, I use time machine to backup my main computer. And then from there, um, how, how do I have this set up? So anything I'm working on currently gets backed up on time machine. My time machine backup is on my uh network attached storage which is a i forget the name um it's a i think it's like a my cloud thing uh p i forget the model number it's like p p s p r s 2100 or something like that i have to look that up too but <clears throat> that backs up two copies of everything so it has a couple drives in there um i think each one is about i don't know like six terabytes or something like that um but it backs up on there and what happens is uh it's set up as kind of like a, a raid so if one of the drives dies the other drive has a copy of everything so it keeps two copies so then if one one drive dies you replace the drive and then the good drive copies the the you know the second copy of information back over to the other drive so like there's like redundancy built in um so i'll i'll drag all i have a separate folder just on that drive for all of like the older sessions like once i'm done working on it i'll drag it to that and then it'll be there as well and then the time machine backup is on there as well so that's kind of how i have things um have things backed up then i have another another uh big old drive like five bays for just video content and it's set up in a raid as well so you know if any of the drives die there's still a copy on the other drives and it'll just go back and um and copy all that stuff so i'll um i'll make sure i add those those drives to um <clears throat> to my amazon uh affiliate thing so y'all can y'all can check it out let me make note though because I, I definitely legit forget i think i might have had some of them but i know it was like a few items add hard drives to to amazon yeah
If you're not using social media to build your brand as a producer, then you're missing out on a ton of opportunities and money to grow your music production business. That's why I'm pulling back the veil on my social media growth strategy, giving you all the tools you need to be able to grow your social media as well. Now, the goal of this course is not to teach you how to attract a bunch of random followers, but how to attract targeted followers who will soon become loyal customers and clients using the power of social media. So if you're a producer, if you're an artist, a songwriter by the end of this course you will learn how to increase your following and income with social media how to create an effective content strategy and how to build influence and trust with your followers so if you're ready to step your social media game up just go to clintproductions.com courses to enroll today that's clintproductions.com courses one more time clintproductions.com courses enroll in the social media growth for producers and use the discount code podcast 20 so you can save a little bit of money Let's go. Um, Larry Bradshaw, what's good? So are you saying if you have a single out already and I have my own publishing that it would be more difficult to get a placement? Kind of confused. No, not at all. Um, not at all. So the, the only missing piece, you know, say you, you own everything, you represent everything, you publish everything through your own publishing company, um, and you reach out to directly to a music supervisor. Let's just make that the example um that can go smooth like especially if you own everything you know you just sign off um, on everything and then you're good to go um you'll just be responsible for handling all the you know the admin work that's involved you know making sure registrations and with your pro and all that stuff is good and um you know writer info and like all of that stuff um however if even if you have your own publishing company say for example i have clint music publishing right just because i have that company if i do a deal with a sync licensing company or a music library i'm not going to be able to use clint music publishing unless i do like a co-publishing deal with them but typically they become the publisher for that they will become the publisher for that single that you know you sign to them if you go that route versus music supervisor route um so <clears throat> that's how that usually works so since they're the publisher they usually take the publisher's share of royalties um they'll probably take 50 percent of any upfront sync fees involved um and then you keep 100 share 100 of writer share royalties and then you get that other 50 percent of the upfront sync fee if there is an upfront upfront sync fee so hopefully that makes sense um if you sign a non-exclusive deal with the song how many other agencies do you send that track what's your limit for how many people rep the song you know what man i it doesn't really happen that much man Mo a lot of companies just are just like exclusive because it's just been it's been stress-free it's been easier and less confusing for clients you know because you know they used to receive like a lot of the same music from a bunch of different sources and they're just like i don't even know who to pay like i don't even know who to credit because it came from like 50 different places so you don't really see that too much um and i and i don't have a limit because again like when i got started what um uh, 10 years ago um you know my mindset starting out was i'm gonna try and find because there was there was a lot more like non-exclusive companies i was like i'm gonna try and find 
all the non-exclusive companies and just like send them all this this bundle of music and just watch the placements roll in but it didn't necessarily happen like that um so i didn't have a limit like when when i was thinking of approaching it that way i didn't have a limit i was just like yo i'm just i'm about to drop these eggs and all the baskets like whichever basket i can find if it's a sink basket i'm dropping the eggs in there um but you know now it's gonna be more difficult like like you you know to find like 50 non-exclusive companies and just send them all the same music so my approach is like if it's non-exclusive stuff that's stuff that i will upload on some of the non-exclusive sites you know stock music sites and things like that um you know that that's how i'll, I'll kind of approach that and i don't necessarily have a limit um on that so lamar what's good good to see you bro um larry that's a great question okay kim durr is in the building welcome clint all is well i mean welcome kim <laughs> all is well with the fam hope the same for you I use the Samsung SSD T7, two terabyte externals, going to buy two more for Amazon Prime Day. Let's go. Yeah, Amazon, man. Not mad at it. Um, <clears throat> I use Blade, uh, Backblaze as my backup. It's pretty dope. That's, that's dope. I have to check it out. Um, also backed up two other archive discs as well. Got a double backup NAS too. That's the way to go um well you was an it professional i know right that's the yeah the the it um the it part of me coming out um so yeah my um because listen like working in it man i've seen so many <laughs> i've seen so many so many things go wrong man like listen we're talking about like like vps of very very large corporations I used to work for, for IBM and I would see so many corporate executives just mad because they didn't back their stuff up, their SSD on their laptop, their oh so important and almighty everything is on this laptop laptop. It just goes out because when the S SSD dies, like it's not like a mechanical drive where it's like, okay. You get a warning, oh, it's dying, you know, may want to replace it. There's no warning. Like, you turn your computer on and it doesn't come on. Nothing loads. Um, and at that point, it's not much, there's not much you can do. There's no, there's no recovery of just a dead SSD. It's just like, that's it. It's gone. If you didn't back up, um, you've, you just lost it. So I seen a lot of those situations um, and I was just like, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to be in that situation, which I mean, I, I always kind of back my stuff up. But um, especially in sync, because, again, I've been in situations where I'll send some music in. Nothing will happen with it for for years, like I'm talking like three years, three years later, publisher hits you back. Hey, we want to use this for a promo on a new show on mtv can you send us uh you know a couple different revisions or stems or whatever you know so you know a lot can happen in three years you can get new computer just completely wipe the drive drive can crash computer can crash um 
I, I heard one lady, she put her laptop on the back of her car, forgot she put it there, um, drove, and then realized something fell, backed up, and rolled over her, her laptop. This is a true story. Uh, <laughs> and then tried to take it to IT to see if, if we could fix it. It's like, no, that that's not fixable. And it it's not covered under the laptop's warranty either. Sorry. Um, so anything can happen in three years. So, you know, that's why I take backup really, really seriously and got like a bunch of hard drive um, and SSDs and all that stuff. And, and always the, the mechanicals, like, you know, the stuff on the NAS is just, it's all spinning drives. And they're like, they're a little more, they're a little more expensive than like regular mechanical drives. They're like server, um, <clears throat> like server drives or whatever. So they're made to like spin constantly and like always backing up. Cause I, like, I never turn that thing off. It's just always on. So it's super important. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. What other questions do we have? Excuse me. Let me see if I missed any. Here we go. Is emailing sound libraries individually um, a waste of time or should I be looking for music supervisors to reach out to individually more? Any tips or best routes to take when pitching? Great question. So think of it like this, right? So if you reach out to a music supervisor that's one person who, you know, you know, they may be working on a couple different projects at, at a time. Um, but usually it's not going to it's not going to be like an insane amount of of projects. If you reach out to a music library, a music library has multiple clients. They probably already know the music supervisor you're trying to reach out to. And they probably already have music placed with that music supervisor. So you probably have a higher chance going through the music library where they already have the relationship established. So you can leverage that. Um, they have multiple clients who are working on TV, film, video games, um, ads, uh, and whatever else you know needs music you put your music in that library so now you're being exposed to all of those opportunities versus the couple that you know a single music supervisor might have so that's why i think the best route in my opinion is to go through a music library or some type of sync agent because sync agents you know can have multiple connections as well and clients as well I just think I think that's <clears throat> especially if you're tr you're you're break you're trying to get started you're trying to break in I feel like that is like one of the best ways to break in because now you don't necessarily have to focus on um you know trying to trying to spark a relationship um you know through a, a cold email or reach out and trying to find contact information like now you can take all that time you would be using to research and find a single individual and just reach out to a library who's already like a lot of these libraries are already looking for your music like they have the email to submit on their website just waiting um 
So I think now you're able to focus more so on just creating more music so you can make more money and get more placements um, versus spending a bunch of time, you know, researching and, and trying to pitch to single people. So that's the approach <clears throat> um, I like to take. When they say no loops, samples, and sync, does that mean you can't use the loops in your DAW or the sample packs that producers sell? You need to create every element of the beat yourself, basically. Basically. Um, now, the loops in Logic, you know, it's not not a big deal. Like I've used um, I've used some 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 accordion loops and like some random stuff because they wanted some very specific type of music that required accordion that i don't play so i've used some of that stuff but i just made sure i didn't um i didn't just have that i guess kind of standing on its own um and try and layer it or you know kind of manipulate it and, and chop it up um so i haven't had any issues with with that um but yeah sample packs that producers sell if you're a producer and you want to get your music placed in TV and film, but you just don't know where to start, the Road to 10 Placements is where you start. This is the ultimate blueprint to landing your first 10 TV placements, and it's the exact blueprint I use to get started in sync without having any connections or without having any placements. This course is going to teach you how to produce, prepare, and pitch placement-ready music for TV. This course has helped producers all over the world get placements on networks such as MTV, NBC, VH1, NBA Network, Hulu. Netflix and a bunch of others. Listen, it took me seven years to get to my first TV placement, but this course has helped producers see TV placements in as little as six months, which is insane. So this course can help you go from zero placements to TV placements fast. Enrollment is now open. So go to roadto10placements.com. That's road to the number 10 placements.com. Make sure you use the discount code podcast20 to take 20% off at roadto10placements.com. Go and role today um it depends it depends on the terms and their you know and their their agreements with the packs and what that says um because i know in on in my loop my loop packs uh wave and midi loop packs on uh, clintproductions.com i put like a, an agreement in there that says like you can use this for tv and film um, but you still want to make sure you're like, you know, kind of manipulating it. I don't know, change the key, chop it up, reverse it, like just get super creative, um, to where it's not recognized. Cause I think that will help you. It'll help you stay out of situations where if someone used it the exact same way, um, it could like now people are wondering, okay, like who's, who's actually the owner of this? which could stop everything. Like, even though it's legal, you have the right to use it. Um, you know, now they don't know who to pay because they heard this same, this same melody in from, from two different sources, two different creators that's saying they own it. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> so yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's crazy too. Cause this is something that, um, it's been an interesting conversation and it has to more conversations 
are being had about it, especially uh, between publishers and companies like Splice. Um, and we were we were actually talking um, to some people over at Splice and just trying to trying to like get on the same page and like figure out you know where the issues are are happening. So it's gonna take like you know a combination of just having conversations with publishers, having conversations with um, you know sample pack companies, and all of that stuff to figure out the best way to do it. Um, so that it doesn't create a bunch of headaches. So for now, a lot of publishers just say, just don't use them. Stay away from them, it has to be original. Um, I've even seen agreements where they've added like an amendment that you have to sign saying that you didn't use any loops, any samples, everything is 100% original. So they be super serious about it. Flip it and reverse that loop, said Missy. Hey, Missy knows best. Missy knows best. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> what other questions do you guys have? By the way, I went to go scope out the venue for a Shades of Sync conference that's happening in Atlanta, November 4th. Join the Soul Fire. It's gonna be crazy. It's going to be crazy. So shout out to everybody. Who, who've already purchased their ticket. Shout out to everybody who will purchase the ticket. Because listen, I know I'm a creative too. I know a lot of y'all last minute. Y'all gonna wait till like the week before and then try and load up on tickets. Hopefully you don't wait too long because uh, we only have like limited seats if you're coming in person. Uh, so if you plan on coming in person, the earlier you get your ticket, the better because number one, the seats are gonna start to fill up quick. Um, number two, the longer you wait, the more the price is going to go up because you know it's just like with anything you wait to the super last minute to get a flight you're going to be paying a whole lot more which happened to me earlier this year i was a, a low-key frustrated by, by that but um yeah you wait it just goes up so don't wait too long um <clears throat> but it's gonna be dope everyday runway says i'm coming in person any idea when the lineup will be announced very soon <laughs> very soon and then fire lineup too um yeah very 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 soon that's all i can say probably probably sooner than you think um so make sure y'all stay locked in um i know a, a lot of y'all if you don't follow me um clint music on instagram make sure you follow shades of sync um on instagram at shades of sync um I have a uh, broadcast channel, so if you want to stay in the loop on like all the the developments in real time, just go to the link in my bio um, on my Instagram page, and then you'll see like the broadcast channel. Join the broadcast channel. That's where everybody gets like the updates on on everything, kind of behind the scenes that's going on. So it's gonna be lit. It's gonna be all day too, like like you will literally like we're trying to really really make it so hard and impossible for you to fail and sink by by coming to this conference like we like really really like every perspective from music supervisors um to you know music libraries music library owners to the tech companies um that that help us in sync to um oh man like uh 
coordinators, um, composers, artists, songwriters, sound designers, uh, people who specialize in, in video games, people who specialize in ads, people who specialize in um, TV. Like it's just like every everything you will ever need to know is going to be in that building. On that day, November 4th, here in Atlanta, Shades of Sync. So make sure you're there. If you have a song but it's explicit, can you sync the instrumental only if you made the beat and it has no loops? Um, yeah, the instrumental can get synced. Um, I would definitely create a, a clean version if you can, though. Because if you, I would, you know, if it's a clean version and a singable song, I would send the whole song. And then worst case scenario, they just sync the music. Good question. Um, so, yeah. Um, is, is it true libraries are more for production music and agents are more for full songs? I'm an artist versus a producer. So I'm curious, who should I focus um, pitching to? It's a good question. Um, no, not necessarily. Um, <clears throat> libraries represent uh full songs as well in fact <laughs> like most of the libraries i work with like most of them are asking for full songs like there's there's been like a super surge and like high demand for like high quality full songs um for sync across agents across music libraries across um well that's i mean that's about it <laughs> music supervisors um so no like i either way you go sync agent library either way you go you cannot go wrong if you have full songs not at all um do i need a publishing account before submitting no not at all you don't need to have a, a publisher account um, to start submitting for TV and film, sing licensing companies using Logic on iPad much with the new version. Did they up? Did they update the? Um, I didn't even know they updated the iPad. Actually, I used it. Uh, I used it. Was that last week? Last week, I started a beat, and in, in my living room, in my dining room, while eating dinner, and my, <laughs> I kept getting interrupted by my son because he was trying to get in <laughs> he was trying to get in he's like yo i need a piece need a piece of this publishing fam i'm hungry I need to need to help pay for the for these snacks i'm eating in this house um i didn't know they uh let me see let me make sure i'm up to date on this joint but yeah no i did use it and um yep i took the session Oh, well, I didn't have to take the session. Like the session was already on the, the iCloud drive joint. Um, so I just came to the computer, opened it up, um, had to add, you know, import some some presets and settings and things like that from my other session just to get it all the way set up like I wanted. Swapped a couple sounds out and then finished it up on um, finished it up on the on the computer on the mac pro or mac studio and then i went back and opened the uh i opened it up on 
my iPad to like see, you know, see what would pull up. Um, the drums and stuff pulls up. The sounds that, cause I was using like sounds from um, Omnisphere and plugins obviously didn't plug up, didn't, didn't pull up cause I was using like third party stuff. But yes. Um, you know, you know what I don't like on mobile and honestly, I think I'm gonna cancel. <laughs> I think I might cancel the, the subscription. Um, it's final cut pro on iPad. Final cut pro on iPad has been like exponentially trashed <laughs> to, to on iPad. Like, it's just like they, they changed the shortcuts. So like the shortcuts like the I'm like basic shortcuts too like they're not the same as they are on the desktop that was annoying um there was no way the thing that frustrated me the most because I was working on um some video content <clears throat> and pretty much what I did I sat down I recorded a bunch of videos in one video and then I would go in and like chop them up so on Final Cut Pro on the desktop, you can like select the the range that you want to export and just export that range only, right? There was no way to do that on um, Final Cut Pro on the iPad. It was like I was trying everything. It was so frustrating. Um, so hopefully they add that to an update. Hopefully they add these basic shortcuts that should be the same um, as the desktop Final Cut Pro. Um, but yeah, I've experienced more frustration with Final Cut Pro on iPad than I have on with Logic on iPad. Um, you know, like Logic, it's just like the basic stuff. Um, you know, the basic stuff that you already expect. Like you already know your Waves plugin is not gonna plug is not gonna pull up on the iPad. You already know, you know, you're not gonna have Omnisphere. Like you know what I mean. Like it's just like stuff that you expect. Um, so I'm not I'm not mad at that, um, you know, because a lot of the shortcuts are the same, which makes things easy. Um, so, yeah, not not mad at that. So, yeah, I've been trying to play around with it more. <clears throat> um, let me see. Do we got time. Last question. Do you have any experience with songwriting? I do. I've written some songs. Michael Flanagan, what's up, Mike? Getting ready to start pitching to more libraries. Is it okay to have the tracks that are signed to other libraries as part of my disco playlist? I know I've asked this before. It's all good. Shout out to Michael, uh, TV placement mastery student. So um, I would say I would say no, uh, just because I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to tease them. Cause if they love them, they like, oh man, this is perfect. Then they want to sign them, and then you like, psych, like <laughs> these aren't these aren't available, you know. Um, I wouldn't do that. So I would probably, uh, I'll probably swap them out with some some newer stuff. Um, so that way, you know, it's just it's kind of ready to be to be signed, and you don't you know you don't have to tease them. So yeah, <clears throat> great question though. The features have changed. 
Um, okay. Yeah, I'm a. Um, I see a couple. No, nah, no, nah, I see a couple things. I see a couple things in here. All right. So yeah, so I'm a did. I'm a. Uh, uh, yeah, I like. I like was like. I like what's going on right here. All right, y'all. So. <laughs> We're going to end it. Shout out to uh, Zimzada for sparking the conversation on perpetual agreement. Shout out to my AI assistant, Asia, for helping us answer these questions. If you are trying to level up your production business and you want to leverage AI to be able to get more done in less time um, and, you know, just crush the game, because a lot of producers, I'm telling you, like they're not on this. Um, and if you're not learning how to use AI, you're gonna get let you're gonna get left behind by all the producers who are learning how to use this because they're gonna be able to produce at a at a way faster rate than you, which means they're gonna get more placements than you. They're gonna get more opportunities. They're gonna get more clients because they use this um, and leverage it. So if you want to learn how to do that, just go to ai4producers.com right now. You can get it for a low price, but the price is about to go up. Um, I think it's only like I don't know like. 30 30 something available um spots for the price that is at now and then it's going to go up um so make sure you get in on that ai for producers.com i'm giving you all the tools that i use all the ai tools that i use but then not only that it's not just some pdf of a list of stuff to use i'm showing you how you can implement it in your business i'm showing you how i personally implement um, a lot of these tools um, to be able to get more time back get more done in less time because listen I got baby girl on the way. She about to eat up all the time. So I'm leveraging AI to where I can get more music done. So I can submit to libraries. Like I can generate ideas way faster because I'm using some AI technology to where I don't have to sit and like think of a melody. Like I just click a button and now I have like five to 10 melodies that I can break down and build around. So it's, it's taking workflow to a whole nother level. So you need to get on it, AIforproducers.com. We're about to do live music reviews after this, so make sure you stick around, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.